0: Hello, my name is Eric Normand and these are my thoughts on functional programming. I've been working on a course called Domain Specific Languages in Closure. And it's been making me think about a phenomenon that happens frequently when I'm uh, writing closure and doing um, domain-specific languages and little interpreters and things, and the phenomenon is this: that if I write a straightforward solution to a problem in um, in closure, let's say, it might take me a thousand lines of code to to solve it, and to handle all the corner cases and everything. I got a thousand lines of code. However, if I take this other approach where it's much more indirect, where instead of just solving the problem that I have in front of me, I write a language, so I make a DSL to allow me to represent that problem and then the evaluation of that representation is a solution um, the DSL could take me let's say 500 lines of code to write and that's a that 's a fairly large DSL usually they're much smaller but it takes me 500 lines of code and then actually writing the solution in it only takes. 10 lines of code. So if you compare them, that's a thousand lines of code if I just do the straightforward, you know, just solve the problem versus 510 lines of code. And 500 of those are very easily reusable if I have s- several problems in the same domain. And there's just it's just weird to me that a an indirect approach like that can lead to so much code savings. Now, obviously, this is a very extreme example, but it's not atypical. Um, Imagine just as another another example. Imagine you had to solve a, a fairly complex problem like developing a web app, just like a server-side rendered web app. I'm not talking about ClojureScript or, or JavaScript. Just, just serve web pages, but all I, all I gave you was assembly. At some point, and it's very soon, you would actually be better off writing a programming language at least an interpreter in assembly and then using that to implement your web server right so the the question is that well the the magic is that it takes you so much time to write this new language and so that's represented as a very flat Curve very parallel to the axis, very low to the axis. You're not getting much productivity out of it because you haven't finished the language. But then at some point, the language becomes complete enough that you can start developing your solution. And so you start having this upward trend, this upward curve, and you add to the language and it gets more expressive and you just keep, you know, it just shoots straight up. Whereas if you had, if you just started writing it by hand directly, so you're writing a web server in assembly, it's, a, you know, you're making progress, but it's mostly linear. Maybe it's a little bit more than linear because you are able to reuse a lot of your code as you get going. Um, but it's still, it's still not going to go and shoot straight up. It's not going to elbow. At least not very soon. And so this this is this is kind of mysterious. Where does that upward shooting come from? Because you had all the you have a Turing complete language. You have all of the tools available to write anything you need. And yet, to to make the language, which is a general purpose tool, um, to make that, and then make a solution in it, takes less work, fewer lines of code. It's more expressive. It takes less lines of code than than just solving the problem it's uh, it's kind of mysterious to me where that comes from it has something to do with expressivity it has something to do with with the magic of that, that often happens when you are solving more general problems it's sometimes easier to solve the general problem than it is to solve the specific problem so like the case of um, garbage collection a Garbage collector is actually pretty simple if you solve it in the general case. If you try to get clever and solve it for a specific case, it becomes a little harder. Now, it might run faster because you can use all of that knowledge about the specific case, but it's going to be harder to write. Um, so, so I've been thinking just a lot about this mystery of expressivity and general problem solving um, being easier than the specific, and so much so that you gain this huge productivity if you can if you can nail that language really well. Now, one thing um, that I hear a lot as advice is, oh, like let's say you're um, you're a game programmer. You want to write a game, and you know the first thing you might think of is, well, I'm going to make a framework, and then the games I write will be that much easier to write because I'll have the framework. And the advice is, do not do that. Just write your game, uh, because you will go down the rabbit hole of frameworking and you'll never get a game done. Now, this This is probably good advice. I mean, I've been down rabbit holes like that never to return, never having produced a game except to have all this code that seems like it might be useful one day when I do get around to writing the game. Um But some people do write frameworks and they are productive in them. And so I wonder if there isn't just, there just isn't enough study of what makes a good framework and what makes a good, you know, a language and a framework are very, very similar to each other. So I I wonder about that, whether there's some. Principle there that that you know you you should write a framework if kind of questions um, like I know a lot of people say like maybe after you've written three games you can pull out the common stuff right um, there's there's that thinking which I think mostly just is there to defer people from writing it. From their for their first game um, because I don't know if that produces better frameworks uh, or maybe by the third time they realize that they're not going to find a good framework. Um, or Or maybe what makes a good framework is just very elusive and the same with languages. The reason we have a lot of people experimenting in languages and only a few ever see the light of day um, it could be that it's just hard, and it it is going to require a lot of failure. And so, in that case, you should experiment and try to write a framework first, and but just accept that 99% of them don't work. Don't give you anything that you'll want. So, anyway, I've been thinking about this exponential increase in productivity when using DSLs. And that one of the things that you really want is to be able to make the DSL cheaply. So, if you do a compiler in the traditional way where you use Lex and Yak and compile. In those those like multipass ways, um, that could actually be, you know, not beneficial to writing your own compiler. But if you're using a language like closure or another Lisp, the tools you have available are so easy, and you get all the built-in data types, and you you're just you're like ninety percent of the way there compared to using Lex and Yak. And and so you do see a huge amount of that that leverage where yeah it only took it took I, I wrote an interpreter in a hundred lines of code and then my my solution was another ten lines, so that was a hundred and ten lines of code as opposed to writing it outright was six hundred lines of code and so I saved five hundred and ninety lines of code and you could only do that because writing the language was so easy in, in a Lisp. It's it's really nothing more than a function or two to write a language. Which is nice. You don't have to worry about parsing because you already have the reader. You have literal data structures, so you can just, you don't have to parse. And uh, all you have to do is interpret it. You don't even have to write a compiler. You can if you want, it'll be faster. But sometimes you don't care about that. That's really cool. All right. My name is Eric Normand. If you have any insights into where this extra. Productivity is coming from. Why is it that I can write a new language and all of a sudden have a an order of magnitude decrease in my code size? Uh, let me know. Um, it just it just seems so weird that the two. It's it's more than the sum of its parts, and I don't know where that's coming from. So. Uh subscribe, like, comment, and please email me, Eric at listcast.com, if you have any insights into where this how this happens. Alright, see you later. Bye.